We'll invite you to turn in your Bibles to John's Gospel. <coughs> to John's Gospel. And then um, before we, we do that, let's, let's learn, uh, move to our next steps of our, uh, of our reciting together of the Nicene Creed. Um, let's do what we've done so far and then we'll look at the section that we're going to look at uh, a little bit today. So let's uh, recite these together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. We're in the season of uh, Advent, and we're celebrating and marking Jesus's birth, his entrance into the world. And uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, John's Gospel, uh, a very famous passage, the opening chapter to John's Gospel. Um, all four of the, the Gospels tell us about Jesus' uh, life. Mark uh, is uh, kind of in a hurry. <laughs> you see, Mark, if you read Mark's Gospel, he kind of says, and then immediately, and immediately, and immediately. And Mark's kind of in a hurry. He just jumps right into to John the Baptist, uh, and then rushes through Jesus's life. Matthew goes to uh, Jesus's genealogy, kind of gives a little bit of his uh, background to his earthly life through his genealogy. Luke gives a, even more um, background information, focusing even on uh, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Um, but John goes deep background. John doesn't uh, go with just the genealogy like Matthew or Luke with the backgrounds of the various uh, events that took place. John goes way back. He goes back to Jesus's eternality. And so that's what we're going to look at in our passage uh, today. And with that, we've just recited part of the Nicene Creed. Uh, we were going to do a, a series on the Nicene Creed because it's in a very important creed and want to go uh, through it. Um, we're going to continue with the Nicene Creed. We're going to learn a new line or so every week on our regular schedule. Um, and we'll do this all the way up until Easter. So by the time we get to Easter as an entire church community, we will know and be able to recite the Nicene Creed. But starting January 2nd, so in two Sundays from now, we're going to uh, do our series on the Gospel of John. Um, so this week we're going to look at the very beginning of John's Gospel. Next week, we'll, because it's a, the Sunday immediately following Christmas, we'll uh, do another Advent passage. And then starting in January, we're going to be doing a deep dive into John's Gospel. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while since we've done a series on, out of one of the Gospels. And uh, I think it would be very helpful for us to do a deep, deep dive into who Jesus is as he's revealed in, in John's gospel. So we're still doing Nicene, um, but our passages we'll be preaching from will be out of John's gospel. Cool with that? 
You like, like that idea? So today's exposition is going to be from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. So if you will follow along in John chapter 1, as I read. Again, this is John going deep background to who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from John who's uh, sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the reading of God's word, and we say, thanks be to God. God, indeed, we give you thanks for how your spirit has inspired one of the disciples of your son, Jesus, to truly understand his identity and to go back even further, even before creation, to give us a glimpse of who he is. And so, God, right now in the next few moments as we kind of unpack this and see what this means for us, we, we ask that you would guide us, help us to understand, uh, help us to stand in awe and in amazement of, of who you are. May the passage that might be very familiar to uh, to many of us be even more illuminating and more inspiring to us. May we have a sense of the awe and wonder and majesty of who Jesus is. So we ask that you do that here with us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So four things I want us to notice about who Christ is in these verses. And the first one is this, that he is the word, the word. 
the word there being capitalized, you could see that in the first verse, how the, the word word is capitalized several times. Um, the Greek word here is logos. It's a Greek word logos. And, um, but a couple of things that this passage teaches us about this, this word, which uh, is a, a word that's quite loaded, and we're going to get into this a little bit more as we, we get into our series in John, uh, is quite loaded depending on which background you're looking from. There's, it's quite loaded with a, a sense of, uh, uh, from a Greek background, as this is the kind of this eternal, um, unseen concept, d- divine force over all of the world. Uh, but from the Jewish perspective, they would understand this in the context of like Genesis 1. That God's, it's this creative activity, this, the created activity of God in creation. And we could unpack that a little bit later, but I want to just focus on a couple of things that John means by his use here. First of all, a couple of things connecting this to Jesus is that he is pre-existent. Notice that uh, it says at the very first, in the beginning was the word. This is supposed to immediately draw your attention to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John uses the exact same introduction for his gospel. And in the very beginning, which when you go to Genesis chapter 1, you see immediately the assumption, well, God pre, uh, predates all of human, all of the created existence. In the beginning, God. God is the only eternally existent, pre-existent one. John here is saying of Jesus that he was there too. He is pre-existent in the beginning. Not only is this word, Jesus, pre-existent, it's also co-existent with the Father. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And here we could understand God in a Trinitarian sense here, referring individually perhaps to the Father. Or, or the triune Godhead. The, the Son, this word, was coexistent with the Father. Which highlights, again, the perfect love and relationship that happened among the members of the Trinity even before the world was created, along with the Holy Spirit. So he's pre-existent, he's coexistent, and he's also self-existent. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's not he was a God. John here is stating the essential deity of this Word. So Christ is this Word. Christ is existed before creation began. And he's not a God. As a matter of fact, Jesus is not just the word. He is also the creator. Jesus Christ as the the Logos was also the creative agent. He's the creator of all things. Notice in verse 3. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. 
all things were made through Christ. So the logical implication here is that uh, this word, which John is referencing into Jesus Christ, this word was not and is not a created being. He's not part of the created order. This word is the eternal word, the eternal son of God. One of the, the teachings that we've looked at in our uh, Her Heretics and Heroes uh, class, uh, if you didn't get a chance to be a part of that, um, we looked at some of the teachings that were cropping up and heretical teachings that were cropping up in the early centuries of the church. Uh, and one of them was uh, a teaching known as Arianism. How many were in the class remember this? And, and Arius. Um, it's called Arianism, but the, the individual who was promoting this was a, uh, was a man named Arius. And he denied the fullness of the deity of Christ. He also denied the deity of the Holy Spirit as well, because just one, one God and God the Father was God. Uh, he had a very exalted view of Jesus, however, but he was a, a lesser God. Okay? He doesn't deny his deity, he just denied the fullness of the deity of God. And he taught this, that Christ was the first and greatest of all created beings. Now you have to stop and think about that a little bit here. He would talk uh, about the eloquence and the, mag the majesty of, of this Jesus. He's the, the supreme and the exalted one. As a matter of fact, he's the most and exalted of all of the created beings. And that's where many... Uh, we're like, oh, hold on a second here. And it's because of that he would say, well, he was, he was fully human, but he wasn't fully God, maybe partially God. And he assumed from passages like this one in John chapter 1 that being begotten of the Father meant created. We'll unpack this uh, more uh, later, but... Uh, the being the only begotten of the father is describing the relationship of the father and the son and that whatever only begotten means it it does not and cannot mean that the son was a created being in fact john says no all things were created through him that as this divine logos he is the agent of creation and again this harkens back to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, um, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, God spoke. So not only is he the creator of all things, then when you go back to Genesis 1, you see that all of life finds its source in God. The, the one who created the world also created life. And so God in Genesis 1 is seen as the giver of life. John here says Jesus is the giver of life. In him was life. Verse 4. And if he is the giver of life to everything, then he alone is the one who is able to give eternal life to those who trust in him. The scripture talks about how though, even though we might be physically alive, spiritually, uh, we are dead. We need to be revived. The spirit of God has to uh, 
cause us to be reborn again so that we would believe and trust in, in God. And this is what Jesus came to do. He is, he is the life. He is the giver of life. But here's number three. He is also the revelation. He's not only the word, he's the creator, and he is also the revelation. And by this we could add, he's the revelation of God to a sinful world. Verse four and five. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here's a topic and a theme that we see in John's, not only John's gospel, but also in John's letters. A theme of light and darkness. Light and darkness. What, is, what does darkness mean throughout the scripture? Well, it's kind of uh, two meanings that work kind of close together. Darkness is often associated with evil. And ignorance. It's associated with, with wickedness. There's kind of a moral component that darkness pictures. But then also ignorance or blindness to God and blindness to the truth. Light, on the other hand, is goodness, righteousness. And light or enlightenment is also knowledge, revelation from God. Again, this echoes Genesis chapter 1, where it says that God separated the light from the darkness. Jesus is the bringer of light to all people. Now, does this mean that all people now that Jesus has come into the world, that everyone now has been enlightened and has come to a, a knowledge of the truth. Uh, I think as we let, read a little bit further, uh, this is clearly not the case. Does not mean that when Jesus comes as a light to the world and has come as a light to all men, that everybody now has an understanding about who God is. Because John tells us that he came into the world, that the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, and his own people did not receive him. One of the saddest verses, I think, it's one of the sad, every time I read it, it's one of the saddest verses for me in the Bible. Jesus is, uh, he, he, so that doesn't mean that every single person is enlightened, but it does mean that the light has now come. The, the light can be comprehended. God has revealed himself to the world. The question is, do, do people's human sinful hearts prefer the darkness over the light? Do people love the darkness? Jesus is the bringer of light, but then he is also the one who uh, is the invader of the darkness. Verse 5. The light, this is now kind of switching now from the word to the light. The light shines in the darkness. Not only does Jesus penetrate the darkness, um, he's also victorious over the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, 
Uh, you can see this a little bit even in the detour that John takes here to talk about the life of John the Baptist in verses 6 through 8. It supports this very idea that he's the revelation of God. Notice in 6, 8, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's referring to John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. John was only a, a witness to it. And so in, in some sense, um, this is, in some sense, this is a unique call to John as the forerunner of Jesus. But in another sense, as witness here, that's a term that's used for uh, the early Christians after Jesus' ascension for what we are to do. We are to just be witnesses to the truth of who Jesus is. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Paul, uh, to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, he says, I do not account my life of any value nor precious to myself if only I may finish the course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord to, to witness to the gospel of the grace of God. So Jesus himself is the revelation of God to all mankind. He is the light to the world. All we have to do is bear witness to the light. I love these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 about this gospel and the light and darkness of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and even if our gospel is veiled, Paul says, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Paul is understanding very well what who Jesus is as John has conveyed here. The gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God and yet the God of this world is blinding the minds of unbelievers to see that light. Friends, if you know people who do not know Jesus and are desiring to share Jesus with them, we need to be reminded that though Jesus is the light and we do share him, that there is a, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. We need to have a supernatural dependence, a dependence on the supernatural activity of God to have that light to penetrate and overcome that darkness that is over their minds and over their hearts. The God of this world is blinding them to that. We need the one true God who is the God of heaven and earth to cause his light to shine into their hearts. Paul continues in this again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, quote, let light shine out of the darkness, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you want to know God? Do you want to experience, experience God? Then you have to know and experience Jesus, the word, the light. Jesus has made that quite clear. Later in John's gospel, John chapter 14, Philip uh, Philip says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. As, as if Philip's criteria, can you meet my standard? Show us the Father. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still not, do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Uh, because the Father and I are one. How can you say, show us the Father? Or Paul writes in, in Colossians, he is the image, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And the writer of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So this is what the word is. The light is. The light is the revelation of God to a sinful world. And lastly, Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Notice verses 14 and 18. And especially verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, so this word, this eternal, uh, immaterial, uh, divine thing, <laughs> depending on the, the background that you're uh, coming from, John says, and this thing, this, this word became flesh, took on a human body, entered into this created world that he created. He became flesh. And I love this picture. Uh, and dwelt among us. The, the, word, the word there is and tabernacled or or. It's the word for the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Turned into verb form. Now, if you think of the, the tabernacle was the tent that Israel was instructed to build as the dwelling place for the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where God's presence was said to, to dwell. Remember, God's, the, his presence would be over the, the mercy seat between the two, uh, the cherubim with their Wings stretched out, touching one another. Remember the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence among his people. It's in the Holy of Holies inside of the tabernacle as Israel would wander through the desert in the wilderness. God's presence was there. And as God dwelt among the people of Israel at that time, John is saying, 
he took on he took on a, a different tent. He took on a human body, and he literally tabernacled his presence here among us. And as the tabernacle, the when they built the tabernacle the first time, and at the very end when they're consecrating this at the end of Exodus, and the glory of the Lord descends upon it. You remember that? What does John say here? And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The one true covenant God has come. I love the stories in Matthew and in Luke about the advent of Jesus and all of the, the events leading up to it. But these verses are truly fascinating, aren't they? A peek into even more depth to who Jesus is. That he is the pre-existent, co-existent, and self-existent word of God. That he predates all of creation because all of creation came through him and is for him. That he is the revelation of God in that created world. In fact, he's so, uh, so essential to that creation. He is the light of God to that creation. And he is God incarnate. God in flesh and blood. So what, is, what does this mean? Well, a couple things. Jesus must be worshipped. Jesus must be worshipped. The only being that is deserving of worship is God. Worshipping anything other than God is idolatry. And Jesus is fully God. Or as the statement in the Nicene Creed said, he is God from God. Light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. That being the case, that Jesus must be worshipped. Jesus must be worshipped, and I say this carefully and may need to explain this. Jesus, it's a requirement for everyone to worship Jesus, not just Christians. Okay, now... Let me explain that. In other words, you need to become, everyone needs to become a Christian because it's incumbent upon everyone to worship Jesus. There is no other pathway to God than through Jesus. He must be worshiped and he must be believed, he must be trusted. As a matter of fact, that's the only way that we can become children of God, as it says in verses 12 and 13. After just saying that the entire, he came to this world and the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay? It's through receiving Jesus Christ, believing 
in Jesus Christ. And that becoming children, notice a couple things about it. It's not based on your, your ancestry, not a blood. Nor is it really uh, the, through unregenerate human choice. It goes, nor the will of the flesh. It's not even uh, human initiative at the end of verse 13. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But to all who did receive him and believed in his name, Jesus must be believed. He must be worshipped, he must be believed, and he must be obeyed. Jesus must be obeyed. Because as the image of the invisible God as the one who has revealed God to the world. When God speaks, we are to hear and to obey. And Jesus must be loved. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So let's recite together the Nicene Creed again up to this point. Because I think John captures very much what's included in here in these, these verses. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. Indeed. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, indeed, we praise you for your Son, Jesus we thank you that in the fullness of time you sent forth Jesus to come and to be born of, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those of us who are under the law and under its curse for our sin against it. So we thank you that you've come to reconcile us back to yourself through your son Jesus. And we thank you for a deeper understanding of who he, who he is. That he is the eternal word, that he is the creator, that he's the giver of life, including the giver of eternal life. And so, God, we pray that, um, thanking you for the life that you've given us in him. We thank you that he is the revelation of, of God to this lost world, we pray that we would, um, we would have the courage to be witnesses to that light. And we ask that you would, by your spirit, would overcome the darkness that is over the minds and blinding the minds of so many in our world today. 
God, we know that the only way for that darkness to be removed is for your light to penetrate. And so we ask that the light of Jesus would do that. We pray that people would see that here in this Advent season. And so, God, we ask your, your help by your spirit to help us to worship Jesus as he deserves. That we would love Jesus as he deserves. That we would trust in Jesus as he deserves. And that we would be obedient to Jesus as he deserves. We ask that you would do that in and through us. And we pray this in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Friends, let's stand for our closing uh, benediction. Right now it is 1130, and I think we'll make it uh, a target time to be kind of lining up outside at uh, 10, 10 till, so maybe another 20 minutes to hang out here or so, um, to head on over to Jay and Luna's. I hope you can join us for that today. Um, and now, brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship that we have in the Holy Spirit be with all of you as you go. Thank you.